Diversity on Fire. This is your host, Heather. Diversity on Fire is on a mission to inspire new thoughts and dialogue by sharing our open conversations on all types of diversity-related topics. Today, we are once again doing a roundtable-style fire firestarter conversation. I have three. Yes, that's right. Three co-hosts joining me tonight. Super excited. Let's have, um, so everyone introduce themselves. I'll t- I'll go with Nina first. Um, if you can give us your name, where you're tuning in from, and then one thing that you have a love-hate relationship with. All right, guys, it's Nina. I'm back again. Um, and I am from Iowa still because I'm probably never going to move until I get too cold. But anyway, what do I have a love-hate relationship with? Well, since we're talking about Iowa and cold weather, I hate traveling and I love traveling. What do I mean? I mean, I love traveling, but I hate getting on an airplane. I hate being surrounded by people I don't know. I hate the whole airport experience, having to pack my shit into a small container and then not have all my liquids with me. And then everyone wants to jump in line to get into the airplane, which leaves all at the same time. And then everyone's trying to jump off at the same time. And you're like, you're not going to get off any faster. And uh, yeah, that's me. So basically, anybody listening, if you have a teleportation device that you need to test out, Nina would probably be a test dummy for you. I absolutely would. <laughs> all right. Heather, you want to go next? Yes, I can go next. I'm Heather Wyatt. I am calling in from Jersey. And I would say cleaning. People think I really like to clean because things are always clean. But the truth is, I hate cleaning. And that's why I keep it clean as much as possible. That's my big one. I feel that. So basically, like you like the end game, but hate the process. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't like to clean dirty things. So I keep it from getting too dirty before I have to get to that. Like I can straighten up. That's cute. I don't mind it. But like... I can't let it get dirty because that's a bigger project that I don't want to get into. I feel you. Um, my <laughs> name my name is Coach Lee, and I am calling in from Chicago. My love-hate thing is similar to Wyatt's, Heather's, about uh, cleaning. It's doing the dishes, specifically doing the dishes. I'm grateful to have the food to eat. I'm grateful. But, man, I hate those dishes. They sit there. They sit there. <laughs> <laughs> I love but it. I try and clean them up. Do I try and clean them up before the end of the day. No, I don't use a dishwasher. I don't have a dishwasher. I live in an apartment. Okay. Without a dishwasher. I literally moved. This is a true story. Heather knows. I I moved all my stuff on foot with one of my friends so I could have a dishwasher. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and ceiling fans. But anyway. And I am the other Heather coming in from New Hampshire as always. How are you the other Heather on your own show? You're the original. Well, because I didn't. What's that? How are you the other Heather on your own show? You're the original. Well, I don't know, Heather. When's your birthday? Because I might be the original. (laughs) 122883. 122883. Oh, I am the OG. I'm April. I literally, so here's my love hate. I have two months until I am 40. And I'm a little bit obsessing, but not really. So this is why it's love hate. Like, I really don't care and I really don't feel like I am, but I hate the thought of it. Like I hate the thought of it. So time. I like that I'm older and wiser. I hate that the the calendar says so. That's my love hate. You know what I did? And here's something for you as an exercise. I started telling people I was almost 46 months in advance. That way I just took this thing out. Oh, I don't <laughs> like that because you're not 40. 
why tell yourself you're 40? Like, I am 39 until the day I turn 40 and not a day later. <laughs> and I'm okay with turning 40, but I'm not saying I'm 40 until the last second that I have to. So if I'm being honest, it's vanity because what happened is people be like, no way. And I'd be like, I know. <laughs> and I loved it. <laughs> That's smart. <laughs> well, I just found something. And, and I'm sorry about my voice. It's kind of gravelly. I think I yelled a lot on Sunday, but I found something and I actually posted it today because I'm just kind of obsessed with it. I'm just officially, I get that I'm turning 40 like logically, but just it's not actually going to happen. So I found this meme that I copied and it's like the background is like, I'm so confused. I'm so confused. And um, the wording is like, just a 26 year old out here born in 1983, confused at why everyone keeps telling me I'm going to be 40 this year. Like, <laughs> I'm going with that. It's perfect. Yeah. That's what I'm going to go with. That's true. I forget how old I am until I look mm -hmm. in the mirror. I'm like, whoa, that happened, but I don't feel it inside. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you look it either. So I think we My are all feel it. it. it oh it's God, a, yeah. the millennials. Or the, I'm a millennial. I mean, it's the younger people that, that say something about the 1900s. They remark about how I was born in the 1900s. What? <laughs> yeah, because now about? they don't have to look at your driver's license. They look for it too. That's it. To cardio. Oh. <laughs> Well, it is what it is. All right, guys, let's let's jump into the the first topic here. So, I'm sorry. I actually put up this poll on Instagram on our page and was actually totally baffled that so it went from Heather, you were one of the ones that said don't say it, just change behavior. I think it's obnoxious, whatever whatever the case. I said I like it when you say sorry, like if as long as it's valid. Nina's like, is this even a thing that people talk about? And I don't know if Lee responded, but Lee actually has, which I have not listened to on his podcast. He has a whole episode on apologies. So I'm mm -hmm. like, this is obviously half the people said don't say sorry. And half the people said that they want sorry, which is wild to me. So you want to guys want to say it with me? Are you ready? Is it too late now to say so? Wait, you can't let me do it alone. <laughs> Nina, you're the lead. I, don't know this song. <laughs> I actually would. I would go with Chicago. Sorry, Chicago. you know. All right, we're not singing then. Damn it. <laughs> no, we uh, were. I was like, I was literally. I was like, she's gonna do it. <laughs> I thought we were playing the song. I didn't oh, realize no, we had yeah. copyright rights, so I can't play it. Well, we know what we're talking about. Well, you I'm, just sang it very well. So sorry to say it or to not say it. So. Let's start with Heather. Let's start with you because you don't want people to say it. You think it's annoying. Yes. And it's something I've actively worked on taking out of my vocabulary. You know, there are those people that constantly, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, where it's just another word coming out of their mouths. And that kind of goes into like mindset and law of attraction stuff where why are you saying sorry so much because you're attracting more of that into your life. So that's one piece of it. And then the other piece is when you have someone that's constantly saying they're sorry, it's bullshit. Can I say? Yes, you bad can words? Swear. Okay. Um, like it comes across as bullshit because <laughs> it's like disingenuine. So for me, I really try to eliminate it from my vocabulary, but I will say it when I am actually sorry. When I actually fucked up, that's when I save my sorry. And I wish other people would do more of that because the changed behavior speaks volumes. I can't tell you how many times I've had somebody say, 
they're sorry for the same thing. Mm-hmm. So it means nothing. So yeah. all your words are just nothing to me. Yeah, I kind of, I see your point with that. Because if you're just constantly going around saying, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you don't even know what it is that you're doing to 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 be sorry in the first place. It's just that you're in your own little world. You're like, I'm sorry for existing. Get out of here. <laughs> I don't, Do that's the, the thing of me. I, a lot though? What's that? So like, I hear what you're saying. It's kind of like the overusers, right? Like, it's almost like a the um or an ah, like a crutch word. Sorry. Do you run across those people a lot? I think that's a lot in the women. I I think it's something that women do a lot. So outside of kind of what you guys were talking about in general, I think it's something that women are taught to do, which is make themselves smaller and um, apologize for taking space. Because if a woman gets mad, then she's, you know, like crazy. Or if she expresses herself, she's constantly, our societies generally constantly force women to shrink. And so women specifically get into a pattern where they feel like they have to apologize all the time. And that, you know, can go into some other population segments too. But it's just in terms of, you know, keeping the peace because otherwise the perception of them gets to be negative. I so agree with that. There have been times where I've gotten super emotional about something and it's made to seem I'm overreacting, but I wasn't overreacting. I was either upset or angry, but the other person makes it seem like, oh no, you're crazy. Why are you so emotional over this? And I'm like, then I calm down and I'm like, oh, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Why am I sorry? You did something that upset me. And what I will say is maybe I could have expressed it better or communicated it, but your lack of acknowledging it upset me more. So I definitely noticed myself do that. Apologize for my emotions. And that it's okay that you had them, that you had a response, right? I will say that that's the one time that I annoy myself with it is that if I do, if I do get emotional, specifically, specifically crying then I tend to have, I tend to automatically say sorry. It's, and that for me is the only time I'm annoyed with myself and I do it because it is really uncomfortable for me. So my assumption is it's probably uncomfortable for them too. (laughs) So I think that's the only time that I'm annoyed by it. Well, in terms of for myself, for other people, when they're using it as a crutch word, then it is, it is a little bit annoying, I would say. It's more unfortunate than anything because I feel like it must come from a place of, I don't know, like trauma or being like shut up and shut down so mm-hmm. often that they feel like they can't speak. Yeah, I I understand that. I, I, I feel annoyed by it when someone is constantly apologizing because I think that there's something going on with them and their feelings and they're just constantly telling them that, telling me to take care of their feelings. I'm over here trying to reassure you that, oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Don't say you're sorry. It's okay. It's okay. And I'm like, when are you going to be okay? When are you going to stop being sorry? Because I'm exhausted and trying to help you feel not sorry. What's going on here? And I'm annoyed that I have to go through this. I have feelings too. Actually, I'm annoyed that you're sorry. So, oh, you're going to apologize for me being annoyed that you're sorry? God. (laughs) You know, it's kind of like that. I'm like, well, can you, like what Heather was saying to your point, the the new one the new heather what she was saying is to her point is that it kind of gets exhausting to have to take care of somebody's feelings um what's going on you're apologizing for something that you don't know you're doing let's figure it out i had a coaching situation um not too terribly long ago with someone where 
that wasn't part of the process at all. However, in order to get to the training scenario that I needed to do, I needed to get them out of that space because when they're in that space, they're not able to be as receptive because they're so overwhelmed in a sense, right? And and feeling less than. And so to me, it is generally speaking, I, I generally don't get um, annoyed by it if I'm being honest, except for when I feel like this person's not reaching their potential and isn't listening to kind of like the feedback to kind of help break them out of it. That's generally when I'm annoyed. So it's the kind of thing that you guys mentioned earlier about behavior patterns. And, and that's, and that's where, that's where I pick it up. And so that's kind of why for me, I answered apologies are a thing because I, I don't consider it that way. I consider apologies like what Heather P said, or are you B? Heather B. Wyatt. I'm Heather W. Yes. Heather W. Okay. I'm going to say, I'm going to call you that. <laughs> so like Heather W said, when you, when people are doing something and, and it doesn't mean anything, I mean, you could be like my baby sister who does not apologize for anything. So there's, there's always like one end of the spectrum too far, but it, it depends. It's very situational. I'd like to say that there's, there's, I'm saying I'm sorry. And then there's an apology. I think those are two different things. Because people will say words, which is, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But I think the best apology is change behavior. So that's that recognition of, oh, you did something to hurt the person and you apologize for it. And so if we're talking about people who are always saying that they're sorry, can you recognize what it is that you think that you're doing? Because maybe you're not. Maybe you're apologizing like Heather W. said about apologizing because someone was upset that she was emotional she's like, I don't need to apologize for that. I'm not sorry for that. It's what I do. I'm a human. And so I think it's important to note those two, those two different things. It's just kind of like a, uh, an automatic reaction to apologize because of conditioning. That's what Nita says. And I think that's true too. We're like, oh, I don't, I don't know what it is, but I don't want you to get mad at me. So the magic word is, I'm sorry. Those are the words, but that's not an apology to me. Yeah. And you bring up a really good point too, with the like, that perspective of like, if somebody is on that repeat cycle, it's almost like they're leaning on you and needing you to like give them recognition or give them a pass or whatever that is. I think for me, I say sorry when I mean it generally, other than that annoying time that I just <laughs> expressed I, that I just told you guys about. But the first time this even came up for me that I even realized it was a thing is I was meeting with this girl and we were doing a, it was like a business Zoom meeting and I was a couple minutes late. Now for me, I'm I appreciate punctuality. I don't hold other people to the same standard I hold myself. But if I'm late for something, I truly am sorry because I don't want my time wasted. I don't want anyone else's time wasted. Anyways, so I came onto the meeting and I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry. I'm a couple minutes late here. And she like... It was like a strong rejection. She's like, oh, no, absolutely not. Do not apologize. We do not apologize here. And I'm like, okay, well, that's your thing. My thing is, is that I'm sorry and I'm going to say it. So like, it's okay if you don't like need to say, I'm not asking for anybody to say it back necessarily in that situation. Well, obviously she wouldn't, but it was just such a strong reaction that I'm like, clearly that's coming from somewhere else. If your reaction to me just doing a simple apology, not repeatedly, just once, is that negative? I don't know. I feel like that's something a lot deeper. 
Some people are very passionate about that language thing. Like they would rather, they probably come in and say, thank you for your patience when they're late. And they are very strong at doing that all across the board. I'm a human. I can't think to talk like that all the time. There are some things I try to do, but that is it. But also I do think it's a very strong reaction to be so dismissive of your sorry because you were saying sorry. You felt it. It was genuine. So I feel like that should not be dismissed when someone says it, even if it's your thing to not say it to someone. And what Lee said about the apology, completely different. That's such a huge thing. Like that's when it's genuine. It's so appreciated. Yeah, I'm I'm inclined to agree agree with you because those are my words that I said. (laughs) Exactly. But for real, that sorry thing where you you came into the room and you said you apologized, you said, I'm sorry, and they reacted to it. I definitely believe that it comes from somewhere else because it's just customary to, to, like a lot of people say that and whatever strong reaction they had where I don't think that they were using their words, like using their real words, because they they could probably say, yeah, I appreciate your side or I appreciate you coming into being here late or accepting your apology and then maybe expressing their point of view in a, a nice, calm manner. But wow, we do not say sorry here. <laughs> ah. Well, well this, this person, but just to be clear, they didn't sound like a demon or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> no, good. but actually like in, in future experiences, because this was a couple years ago and I've had a lot of interactions with this person, that's how they are. Every time someone says they're sorry, there's that strong reaction. And actually, Heather, it's funny that you bring this up because this is not someone that we have mutual. It's not a mutual acquaintance, but they are the type of person that says things like, thank you so much for being you. And I'm like, that sounds so fucking cheesy and so in insincere because they say it so much. And it's but it's fine. Like, I'm not going to tell you not to say it. Like, if you don't want to say sorry, don't say fucking sorry. And if I want to say sorry, I'll say sorry. Like, if it's overused or if it's something like the situation you described, Heather, where they're saying it and then they're repeating the same bad behavior and it, you know, they're not changing, then cool. Like, there's definitely lines. But as a general rule, just like, we don't have to go face on attack that. <laughs> you know, um, a couple of things that I, I hear here is that this person is managing people's emotions. It sounds like they're managing people's emotions in the same way you would if you said, I'm sorry for something. You're like, I'm sorry, I don't want you to get upset, but I want to tell you in some kind of sm- small cheesy way that thank you for being you so that you are comfortable in the space that I've provided and created for you in a way that that's what it sounds like to me. So they've adopted or graduated from, I'm not going to say I'm sorry, but I'm going to also enforce it. Other people who come in my space, you have to use the language that I'm going to use. I'm controlling the space. So here's what I suggest, or here's what I demand that you say instead. I, I feel like that's like a controlling the person in the space. That makes sense. So the other side of the pendulum. It does make sense because yeah. that is what it is. It Or by all appearances, that seems like that would be accurate. I mean, I personally, like if it is a sincere apology, I personally like to hear it. Like if it is kind of important to me. I've had so many times where I haven't gotten an apology that I definitely should have. And I've had to just move forward because listen, it is what it is. And it's, I don't, I don't like it. It doesn't feel nice when somebody did something not okay to you and they don't acknowledge it. It's, I mean, for me, it's just not like, it's harder for me to move forward. So 
Can you guys forgive somebody that has done wrong against you and has not apologized for it? I do it all the time. I'm not as much of a stickler for it. It's, it's, it's not that necessary for me. That being said, I also say that on the flip side of somebody who doesn't always apologize um, either because sometimes what I've recognized in the past with some of my interactions is that I my perception of the situation and the perception of the other person isn't the same. Now, if it gets brought to my attention that they're um, deeply upset, then that's different because I like to correct things and and even the the ground so that we can move forward. But I think I have a a less I think I have a less sensitive perception than a lot of people. So I don't necessarily need it and I don't necessarily offer it. Okay, but I have a follow-up question to that because you said you do it all the time. So like what are what would what would be the things that people would need to apologize that would happen that frequently that accept an apology for that you didn't get? Like can you think of an example without using names? Yeah, I just sometimes I think people do things that are not thoughtful, but for me it it's a lot intention. So if I feel like there was an ill intention, I'm more prone to look for that or to discuss it or to address it. If something's going to sit on my soul, then I'll address it. If something, if I look at something and I'm like, eh, I'll get over this in five minutes, then I don't, then I don't need it and I'll just overlook it. So if somebody's late to something, I don't usually care. But then again, I'm ADD. So there's that, honestly, like, I can't keep track of stuff that long. So that might be part of it too. Actually, you just highlighted something for me right there. Because as you asked the question, I was thinking about it. And I was like, wow, I really, I don't need an apology. And I think it's because I'm kind of used to being done wrong by. And in the sense that it comes from, and maybe it's from bad relationships in the past or how we've done things and not been able to communicate. But I do have a very poor habit with other people kind of getting maybe like into an argument or disagreement, letting it fizzle and pretending nothing happened. And I never really thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. It definitely happens in relationships I've had. (laughs) Yeah. And actually, you know what? That's a good point. So maybe we should even clarify it deeper. Not that we have to talk about sorry for like 50 50 hours, but like because by your definition, Nina, I guess – yeah, I mean, I, I totally have things happen all the time, but I don't expect apologies for everything. I, I really, really don't. Um, Not even for all of the things that I might do. Like I show up five minutes late, I am going to apologize. But if you show up, I mean, people do it all the time. They show up five minutes late and I don't expect them to apologize necessarily. But so I think the relationship definitely matters. Like, and, and the situation does matter too. When it ever comes to a one-on-one situation with someone that you are in an interpersonal relationship with platonic or non-platonic, I don't even think that part matters. I think that's where I would need it more so. Not when you're leaving. I have an example now. I okay. will share it. My best friend and I got into a row on a trip. And um, it's because trying to decide how to how much to share. But we got into it based on something I did unintentionally. Now, she thought I did it intentionally, but I didn't do it unintentionally. And I did apologize for it because it created a little bit of a situation for us. Um, That being said, she was pretty mad about it. And then we got into it and um, we got into it for like hours. Right. And then when we like went to bed, we didn't talk to each other and stuff. And she said some pretty things that I wasn't like happy with. 
And then, like, the next day, she was like, I'm laughing because I guess in a way you could call it an apology. But she was like, do you want to go get some, like, chocolate something something? And I was like, yeah. And I'm just over it, right? So she... I guess it's a form of an apology. And so maybe that's kind of what I'm thinking about. And I'll let you guys lead into like your perception of that in the sense that now it's like, there's this like outreach or amend and it doesn't involve an apology, but like, I'm like, okay, we're cool now. We're moving on. That's the end of that. And I didn't, you know, to me, that was all I needed. I'm like that. I think I'm, I'm definitely not like that. And if that works, (laughs) but. I definitely like that. If you if you have wronged me, if I have wronged you, then we need to talk about the thing that happened. We need to talk about this so it doesn't happen again. Because I'm going to let you know how I feel about the thing. And it's not that I'm going to try and cuss you out or, or say terrible things. I just want to let you know that you've impacted me this way because you may not be aware of it. I won't let you know because it doesn't feel good for me to experience it. And it doesn't. And I imagine if you knew that as a friend, if you knew what you did, you wouldn't feel good about doing that to me if you knew how I felt. So that's why we have to have a conversation. And what I admire about those who don't have the kind of conversations is that they have that understanding already. They're like, well, I need to have, we need to talk it out. All right. Play by play, what you did, what I said and all this stuff. What was the thing? But some people have this understanding that that's not necessary. It's the gesture that comes after and it makes that connection. It's like, oh, I know what it is. All right. We, we said the things that we need to say and now we come to an understanding. So I, I I get that too. But for me, I'm like, we've got to have an intervention. <laughs> Nina's apologies are acceptable in the form of chocolate. Lee, I am I think we share this because perhaps because we're Aries, if you if you like to consider those things. I definitely am the same, but I'm also not someone who if something bothers me, I'm not someone generally, especially if it's a friend. Like let's say you're using this example of your friend and you're like sharing a room, you're on a vacation together. I'm gonna not not say anything. Wait, did that make sense? I'm not going to not say something. So I'm not, I, I've, I've gotten much better at my communication styles and some things I can understand, like we don't have to go blow for blow. I don't need to re- rehash the situation, but it is still important for me that we acknowledge that there was some tension and be like, well, I'm sorry. I might've taken that differently than you meant it. You might've taken it differently than I meant it, but like, it doesn't have to necessarily for me be the words I'm sorry but I I can't ignore it because I guess, and this maybe comes from my past experiences, if I don't air it right now and it continues to happen and then in you know six months, two years, whatever, it blows up and they're like, well, you never said anything. And I'm like, well, I kind of figured you realized it was fucked up. And they're like, well, you didn't say anything. I've literally had that happen. So I'm like, that's not happening anymore. We're going to address it. We're going to acknowledge it. And like, it doesn't have to be an all out blow for blow. It does not have to be like a rehashing. We don't have to go to court or anything, but we're going to acknowledge it because that's what I personally need to move forward to make sure that I understand that it wasn't intentional. And if it was, you're sorry, basically. You know, there was this quote that um, I heard so many years ago. 20 something years ago. Oh my God, I can say that. If all you say is that you're sorry, sorry is all you'll ever be. I'm like, after I heard that, I'm like, oh, I got to be more intentional about just not saying sorry, but make it mean something. That makes sense. I, I'm curious about your thoughts on it, Heather W. So I see both sides of it. I've gotten much better at my need to communicate. I've had to learn how to do it. 
However, I still have those behaviors where I'm able to let it go. In the instance with your friend, if they said, hey, do you want some chocolate or coffee? If I was still mad, I'd be like, no, I don't want that. But if I'm like enough time has passed, it's like, yes, I do. And that would determine how it goes. And it depends what kind of thing it is. It might just be we got on each other's nerves. That we can let go much easier. There are some things I feel I do have to communicate because we don't want it to keep happening again. Because that's when you get in those situations where it's not meaningful to even apologize if you do, if you're not changing the behavior. So I guess, like it was mentioned before, it depends on the type of relationship and what it is. I can be super lenient, but if it's something a little more serious, I do appreciate the communication so it doesn't happen again. I think that's what, so what we're talking about is kind of the distinctions between one-offs and patterns, right? So one-offs don't bother me. And, and so, like you said, depending on the situation, this is somebody that I've known since we were eight. So I already know what I mean, we already know each other like through and through. So I, I, if something's serious, I'm going to address it. But to me, that's kind of like my siblings, that relationship, there are some relationships for me that are going to exist regardless of, unless something crazy happens, you know what I mean? But like those situ, those relationships are going to exist. And so the lens that I view it through might be different than someone else to be fair. So the same behavior that I accept from like my sister some people would never get away with it and that's just the nature of that too so there's um in continuity even within myself in terms of what I expect from who that makes so much sense this might be the risk management side of me but uh when should you absolutely never apologize at least initially does anybody know pop quiz is there a real answer to this (laughs) that's a good question so in a car accident if you have been in a car accident it's you got to be really careful because apology could be an omission of guilt in the situation did you say domestic violence nina yeah well i said somebody needs to be a sub to you and then people get people to apologize to them for you know gaslighting basically so basically any instance where you are in fact the victim or there could be liability involved, obviously you don't have to be cold-hearted, like you can check on their status, but <laughs> don't admit guilt. That's specifically what comes to mind for me. Anyone else? That's probably true. Although I will say, because I'm listening to you and I'm like, if I ran into somebody and I like I knew as that follow, I probably would just be like, damn, I'm sorry, my bad. <laughs> like if it was unequivocal. <laughs> I just feel like, all right, I'm cut. True. Yeah, I probably would too. Anybody else have anything to say about sorry? Or would we like to move on to gaslighting women? <laughs> That's not funny. It. Let's. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know why I say that and then I laugh. Um, okay. So <laughs> so this is a February Firestarter. We're recording it. By the way, happy Valentine's Day, all you loves. We're recording this on Valentine's Day, which I didn't even record. I didn't even realize until today. But it's not going to come out until the last episode in February. So March is Women's History Month. So I figure let's talk about some of the challenges that women face. And one of the things that has been kind of on repeat in my brain recently is gaslighting women. So I want to start with the definition just because, Nina, you've mentioned this before, but it certainly can get overused. It's basically uh, manipulating someone using psychological methods in questioning their own sanity or power of reasoning. So actually, Heather, what you brought up earlier is like 
if someone kind of tells you that your your emotions are not valid, you're being hysterical when in fact you have every reason to be the way you are. Things like that. Um, have you guys have any specific examples of that? Usually in like healthcare business relationships is when we're seeing this happen. I I'd like to go back and point out this person who did not acknowledge your feelings about being sorry. I feel like you were gaslit there too. We do not say sorry here. Your feelings are not valid here. It's subtle. Well, I mean, it's not the definition that we're used to looking at because we're believing that men do this. And of course they do. But it also comes here too with, I think gaslighting is, you know, you're not allowing someone to express their feelings or they're wrong or they're bad, whatever feelings that you have, they're backwards. You can't be sorry in this space. And so because I'm the only guy here, even though I'm trans, I just want to have y'all catfight. Oh man, I'm getting canceled. <laughs> I think that's really interesting. So I, I don't know that I would, I totally hear what you're saying. I don't know that I would personally apply gaslighting to it, but I completely understand why you would go that direction with it. Um, I'm trying to think of why I wouldn't apply that word to it. And it's not based on the definition. It's not really valid to be honest. So maybe I should, I don't know. What are you guys thoughts? I don't quite, but that's just because I I don't think that they're saying that it's not reality. It's just saying that they don't, you know, so to me, it's like, I, I normally think of gaslighting when they, they're just being like, your situation's not real. I feel like that person's trying to mold your situation or trying to change it through like sheer will, which I find a little bit different, but I still think it's um, a dominant technique that can turn abusive if not used properly. Which sounds like that might kind of be where that person lives a little bit on the edge of. Heather. H-dubs. Let's call you H-dubs. I kind of like it. <laughs> that works for me. Um, so something that's coming to mind. I'm trying to think of a specific example. I can definitely recognize the feeling. Are we talking about this or do you want my opinion on that situation? Uh, we'll talk about your own situation. We should get off this person. <laughs> This person that is fiercely hates, sorry, we should, we can leave them alone now because there's plenty of other people we can hate on. Trust me. Yeah. So my mind just starts going when everyone starts talking, I start thinking of all these things popping into my head. And so I was thinking of this thing in my head and trying to relate it to that. And I, they are definitely different. So what I'm thinking of is this long-term relationship I was in and it was a very unhealthy relationship, but I just remember being at my best friend's house, talking to her family, they knew our whole lives. And I was just sitting at that kitchen table. And I was like, can somebody tell me, like, what makes sense right now? Because I don't know, like, is that story real? Or is this real? I said, I legit do not know right now. And I need someone to explain what's going on to me, like what they see, because I'm so confused. And so that's a definite extreme of it, but I can definitely resonate that feeling. And now when I see it in other ways, I'm like, oh no, we are not doing this. This is your issue. You are not getting me to feel a certain way. I think gaslighting happens a lot professionally. And so when you say that for you, it for me, it brings back professional situations. And so like Heather said, it's risk management. My like 17 years of initial work history was in F&I of some sort, so finance and insurance. And um, I work for two major companies. One of them, 
um, was gaslighting me about the concept of insurance sliding, which long story short is when you put, you're putting on products, additional products onto the customer's insurance package that they did not want or ask for, right? And you're, you're just basically padding the premium. And it was something that the company was doing. And the company paid for me to get this very prestigious accreditation called a CPCU, which is a professional underwriter. And so when I went through all that education, I learned what the term insurance sliding was, and I recognized it for what it was. And I was like, this is unethical, and in some cases illegal, and we shouldn't be doing it. And they're like, that's not what this is. And you're like, it's literally the definition. So I had that happen there. And then I went to another company that was in a finance company. And long story short, in a way that people can understand, what would happen is that they had some kind of problem in their system. And if, for example, somebody had been making a lot of payments and there was an error somewhere, they would remove all of that stuff manually. And and what was happening in some situations, it was causing people to look like they had maybe like, let's say nine 90 day late fees, but that never happened. It was actually just an accounting issue based on how they removed the money off of the account and put it back on. And then But that's real world consequences, if you can imagine what that would do to your credit. So people would call over and over and over again and say, this is not right. And so I was one of the people that I would just be like, this is what this looks like on paper. This never actually happened. We're responsible for fixing it. And then everyone would act like I was insane. And um when I left the company later, I was told that everyone, the higher ups knew exactly what was going on. They didn't want to fix it because it was going to cost so much money. But those two examples are absolute gaslighting. They were situations that actually were, that they were being pretended that it wasn't in order for the vast majority of people just literally would hear the answer and then just do whatever the company said, because you don't want to lose your job over it. I ended up getting ran out of both jobs because I'm the person I am, but it, it happens professionally quite a bit, let alone relationships. This is bringing me Karen thoughts. <laughs> and what I mean by that is I hate I hate the term Karen, right, when we use that. But, but it's not just that. I understand there are certainly ap- applications for it, right? I totally get that. But I think it's way overused. And the same with this, oh, everybody's so offended. Everyone's so sensitive. You're, you're being a Karen. Those terms specifically and a, a bazillion others, I believe are used. And and this may not be inappropriate. I don't know if it applies directly to gaslighting. Regardless, it's bullshit. So <laughs> basically, they're used to silence somebody who has a legitimate issue. If you are advocating for yourself, they're using this term to make you feel like you're overreacting or you're being emotional. And it's like being emotional and oversensitive about something is not the same as not putting up with bad fucking behavior. There's a difference for that. And I think it's much easier for companies. And in my experience, it has been a lot of men that have done this to me, where they will turn around and when something is brought to attention that they don't want to deal with, they'll use those terms in hopes that I will then just be like, oh, maybe I am. And that's gaslighting to me. That's that you using this to to make me rethink what I actually think and feel. And it's like, no, bad behavior is bad behavior. And if you need to advocate for yourself because someone's putting three to nine 90-day lates on your credit history, 
that's fucking valid. I, I, and someone else needs to swear. I'm, I'm dropping a lot of F-bombs here. I'll do it. <laughs> do it. Take one for the team, HW. <laughs> that's fucking bullshit, okay? That was almost believable. <laughs> I wasn't as heartfelt. I'll do better next time. Okay, good. But it's true though, because it's it's a way occupationally and 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 for people that they call Karen's, which the reason I hate it is because it's turned into this misogynistic nonsense term to get people to step down because people don't like negative labels, right? So you're problematic, you're this, you're that to make people step down and to devalue them. But that and the other term that I now just absolutely abhors woke, um, even though it's a different area, but it's the same level of gaslighting that people use now when they co-op these terms and then shove them on people to force someone to step away from something. And that's all it is. It's about diminishing their level of accountability for whatever. And then they use all of the gaslighting techniques at their disposal to make you seem like you don't have the right, nor the standing, nor the intellectual ability to have your position. So this came up um, in a recent episode. Um, I had a guest on that, that works with domestic violence victims and in the child and family court system. And this is something that they brought up in that a lot of times when you're in court, um, just picture male, female. Yes, we understand that the male can also be the victim. Um, but a lot of times, well, the majority of the time, it is the female that would be the victim in this situation. And she said, so often you'll be in court and you'll have the woman just in emotional distress because she's been a victim. And let's say it's a, it's like a fight for custody. And she knows what's going to happen if this guy gets custody. She knows. She's been through it. She's terrified. And he's standing there cool as a cucumber looking at the judge and saying, see, look, she's a wreck. She can't handle anything. And unfortunately, our court system plays directly into that. But that's another really, really strong example of why it's so important to un identify the differences. And it's also another thing. Has anybody else experienced that in these situations? The I haven't, but I was going to say Gabby and Brian is a perfect example. Gabby Petito, just... yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's always the – and I don't, I don't want to say victim, but I, I have to use the word victim. It's always the victim's responsibility to basically be the stronger person and to hold themselves together even when they're in complete distress in order to actually be validated. Right, because otherwise you're seen as an unstable person. Well, no shit I'm coming across that way. Like it's an upsetting situation and it's that same thing with feelings like – and to me, I see it the opposite way. If you're able to be in these kind of situations and be cold hearted, you're the psychopath. Just because you can hide it. The person that has emotions and is a human with normal feelings, that person then becomes unstable. And that's what's happening. So you're validating the sociopath that's able to hide his emotions and cover up all of that person's wrongdoing. Well, because society prioritizes appearances. Makes me want to vomit. Lee, I'm tagging you in here and I'm going to I'm going to ask you something specific. You can decline if you if you want to. I don't know, you you don't usually decline questions though. So, as a trans man, I'm I'm certain I've seen people come at you and challenge your status because they have a different belief or they believe whatever they believe that says that you're not right and that you can't be right. 
I would say that that could be a level of gaslighting, basically trying to tell you that you're crazy because you know how you feel right and they don't agree with it. Yeah, they would try and gaslight me. They for for many reasons, for many things, they would try and say that I go on TikTok. I'd just say that right there. And of course, you go live anywhere, people are going to say things that they want to say because they're safe behind the screen. So I'm on there live and people come in and they say the most random comments. But when people come in, I just I just have this knowingness that I'm okay with what my feelings are, especially since we're separated from a screen. Like there's no reason for me to reach out and there's no real emotional connection to it. It's not as intense as being in a relationship with someone who's constantly telling me that I shouldn't exist or being around people that are in my face that are saying I shouldn't exist. It's I'm grateful for that because I would feel like um I can't, I cannot say that I'm being gaslit in that situation because I know myself and nobody else does, period. I can make it all up myself and say, this is who I am, but nobody can prove me wrong. So the physical environment where, you know, we're doing things, we've created this whole world where I say this is right and I'm trying to point it out and other people might see it's right too, but this one person or this group of people will invalidate that. Like say, um, I don't have a great example because I... Yeah, I just don't really have a great example of of me feeling gaslit. I don't because I I I believe that that people just have their points of views and they express them. They express their point of view. So you're trying to tell me that your view of reality is reality? Well, that's not mine. I don't know what to tell you. I mean, that's, I that's fair. So you're what you're saying then is in order to be gaslit, you have to participate. Yes. Oh, I'm. Getting canceled, <laughs> but getting canceled. yeah, I think so. I mean, and you're not getting canceled. It's, I'm not getting canceled because I was never on. Just, be, <laughs> just, just to be clear, just to be clear. So I, but I, yeah, I, I, would, I would argue that that's not needed for the attempt to gaslight. So what we're okay. talking about is the attempt versus successful gaslighting. But people can definitely attempt to gaslight you. That's definitely what they're doing. Whether or not they're successful to me is different. Yeah, that makes sense. I like that distinction between the two because they're trying to tell you that up is down and down is up. And you're like, I know what they are. I know what words mean. I know what the rest of the world is doing. You are making this is fucking bullshit. You're making this up. Now that I think about that and I, yeah, now that I think about it and you put it in that, in those terms, you know, I grew up in a household in which we didn't talk about things that were really happening. And they were everything was just okay all the time, but underneath the surface things weren't okay. But we can't talk about that. And as soon as you start, any black sheep who knows who's a black, any person who's a black sheep would know this. As soon as you start talking about something that is real, like I see it, they look mad. Nobody's mad. We're a big happy family here. What are you talking about? No, no. You see them frowning. They they stomp their foot. No, no. You're making this up. Yeah, they just slipped. That's it. Yeah. Now, see that that's gaslighting. So I can say that we, they were people were successful because I would know better. But I'm going to stop right there. Your thoughts? What are your thoughts? Well, I just want to say that I've seen you handle the people on TikTok, and you are masterful. So I wanted to punch someone's face off, but you can't do that through TikTok, which is probably a good thing because I don't want to go to jail. So, but the way you handled it, I, I just thought it was amazing. So no canceling. Thank you. I appreciate that. If I could say one last thing is that I just really believe that people all want their view of the world validated. They want somebody to say it, even the, the psycho person and the the woman who was abused. Like, I think the the huge discrepancy comes in because people 
to Nina's point, they really do value appearances and they cannot fathom why this woman has is really stressed out and really afraid and frustrated just by the sight of this person, just by imagining what might happen if they get custody. Those people that are looking at this woman is like, instead of being curious, like, well, what happened? What what don't we know? They're just like, men are always right. Look at this guy. He's upstanding. He pays his bills on time. Look at that haircut. That's a man. That's a good man. She's making it up. That's all. Yeah, I agree with you. And that's why I brought up, that's why I wanted to discuss this specifically around women. I love men, but we have to acknowledge that societally, historically, women have been seen as and been treated as the weaker of the species. And therefore, there's all these expectations and built-in biases that are still, that we're still trying to break through. And I think being able to have open dialogues will hopefully show other people like that you're not alone. This is what gaslighting means. If someone's doing it to you, then they need to, you need to check them. And I was going to say, I really think, and to Lee's point about his family situation, part of that is the self-reflection and growth process. Because when we're born into a situation or when we come up into a situation and we're constantly being shown one type of one type of thought process or something like that. You know, you can talk, call it that brainwashing, you can call it conditioning or something like that, but you don't have an opportunity to see something else. And people like that are more susceptible to that influence. And it really is being able to converse with a lot of different people or consume different literature, media from different organizations, sources, whatever you want to call it, but making sure that you're exploring different thoughts, processes, and ways of thinking and meeting different people, um, however that may look like, you know, because we can talk about introverts and extroverts, but just making sure that your world isn't so small um, because that's how they get you, isolation. That's how they get you. Something that came up for me, yeah, hearing all of this was the person, Lee in this example, that's super solid in themselves Because he has an open mind. He can understand other people's point of view. Oh, that doesn't bother me because that's them and I am me and it doesn't affect me. Those people are so close-minded that they have, they're so stuck in their world that they have to prove that they're right for some reason. Where Lee isn't coming from that space or anyone else saying, I have to prove you right. Why do you need to do that? That's an issue. And then the other thing that you said, Lee, was in the example of the family. It's the black sheep that has the courage to stand up and call it all out. Like, hey, this is fucking bullshit here. There, I felt that one. The one that says this is fucking bullshit and says what the truth is, is the one that ends up getting gaslit by everyone else who wants to stay in that little fantasy world. And that's what causes the other person, the black sheep, might have that moment where it's like, wait, is this right? I know it's right. Why isn't anyone else seeing it or believing it? And that's what I think it is. So you have to, to successfully gaslight someone. Yes, the other person has to, that's where it comes in. That's where you're somewhat successful. But it's when you have so many people against you. That it does make you question yourself and you have to stand up, actually stand up for what you know is right. That's challenging. And even in that space where I was asking other people, hey, can someone else tell me what they see? 
But when you were speaking, I felt somebody so solid in themselves. And I've had some of these experiences now too, where you can see it's happening and it doesn't even phase you. So yeah, it says a lot. And I just really respect the way you're able to handle that and be solid in yourself to not let these people affect you in that way. Because I want to punch people in the face too, like Heather P. But you're just calm and chill. Like it doesn't How long did it take you to grow into that? It took a long time. Like I've um, just trying to understand more about like, like what Heather said. With both of them, all of them, everyone here saying, understand more about other people and thinking other thoughts, getting into different places, moving around, not being isolated, um, being curious, being curious. One thing that really did it for me is that I kept making the same kind of mistakes and creating this reality with the same kind of people around it. I'm like, I know what I'm seeing here. I'm repeating this over and over. I move from here, I move from there, I move from there, and I still run the same kind of people. What am I doing? I've got to get out of this space. And it was that realization that I had to get out of the space and I continue to move and move and move, looking for more people to talk to. So I really appreciate the kudos, Heather Dub. H dubs, this is what we're doing. H dubs. Yeah. Appreciate that. So yeah. Yes. A lot, a lot of a lot of work. So we're going a little bit long here. I want to close this out with since this is going to be the last episode of Black History Month, um, I want to close it out with, I don't know, sentiment, thought, piece of history that you want to share about Black History Month. Um, oh, but before we do that, did anybody see the ASL interpreter for Rihanna for the Super Bowl? She is viral. Look no. her up. I did not watch the Super Bowl. I don't know. I didn't watch it, but I saw clips of the ASL interpreters, so these uh, sign language. Oh my, she was going off. I would I love Rihanna. I wouldn't even have to see Rihanna. You just watch the in uh, the ASL interpreter and it's like, "Oh man, she's a whole vibe. You got to watch it." Well, I have to check her out. The last in, last interpreter I saw on one of the social medias was the baby got that yeah, girl. Yeah, the blonde have one. Have you seen that one? She's got the long blonde hair. <laughs> I get a lot of the ASL interpreters now because it turned into such a sub-hip-hop cultural phenomenon. So, for example, if you find the one who does um, for uh, Busta, Busta Rhymes, um, some for uh, Eminem, some for, like, oh my gosh, they are shows upon themselves. They've turned into this subcultural phenomenon where people videotape them, the rappers come and sing with them. Um, I haven't seen it in, like, any other genre in the same way, but incredible incredible and i'm so glad because it's it's lifted asl um from an unlikely source right um but representation matters so definitely does i have to check this out i'm definitely cracking up thinking about the interpreter with yeah, i know i'm like how that's i mean even <laughs> wait till you see the rihanna one too but yeah i'll have to look up the i have to look up the buster rhymes and eminem ones all right so sorry sidebar but okay piece of sentiment piece of black history or just parting words um f- which sounds stupid because it's it's history but still it's this black history month what would you like to leave us with nina so mine's gonna be a combination of like the women and black history but it was interesting to me when i was watching i didn't watch it but i watched clips of the state of the union and then like um like i believe today nikki haley just um announced she's running for president and by how much of nothing it feels like and how fast it went from everything to nothing. And what I mean by that is it's just we needed a couple of people to break the barrier 
of of things just like the new justice um Kitanji jackson brown jackson but now you see her and you don't think anything of it but it had to happen first and so um watching kamala harris sit at the state of the union just doesn't seem like anything of note yet it's huge and so we're watching history unfold now in ways that has never been done before and then it already seems like it's just everyday stuff and i love that heather yeah i'd like to go right after her because my biggest thing right now i'm just sitting with this feeling of such admiration for anyone that has had that struggle or been an experience to speak up for what they know is right and this is in black history and women's history um just ourselves as people trans people that can just stand in themselves and be authentic and true and just all of that i'm just having such admiration for all of those people and want people to do more of it if you know something is right stick with it don't go with the crowd stand up for what you know and then at some point everybody else just accepts it and then it just turns into everyday life and then that's the thing that's what everybody knows but it takes that person to be strong enough to do it that's really awesome i i like that i want to incorporate all of that to my end because we can all relate to that we're all struggling with something and it takes one of us to just talk about it to to come out with it and not to apologize for being you. I'm thinking of a couple things now. I had this. I used to have this friend when I was growing up, and she was the cutest thing. I mean, is maybe I haven't seen her for a long time. Cutest thing, and she was always so incredibly self conscious. And she was. I'm just like, why? So the reason I'm thinking about her is I'm just I'm thinking about all of the beautiful people in the black community and in, and yes, in every community that kind of back down or have backed down because they've been beaten down so much over over time and i'm just like bitch look in that fucking mirror you are smart you are beautiful you are fucking powerful to still be standing here today after all the shit you've been through do not uh, anyone else challenge your self-worth that's what i think i love it and if i could exactly remember the cool runnings quote i would say it but i can't remember (laughs) banka and he had his little you know i can't help you there Oh, I love it, though. So if you haven't seen Cool Runnings, it's on Disney Plus and you should watch it. But it's a it's a little guy who um, he has been beat down and then he has this big burly guy. who like teaches him how to do affirmations and then he goes and starts a, a brawl right before the Olympics. But it's great. <laughs> I'm inspired. I want to like go do some shit right now. I don't know what. But yeah, let's. I'm gonna do. Let's it. do it. Really great. <laughs> All right, guys. Before we go, do you guys want to drop? Uh, do you want to leave on, with no like connection information? Like, do you want to just have people connect with you on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, anything? Want to share your stuff? Gonna be a no. Don't come for me. Leave me alone. <laughs> you're like don't come for me i'll come for you um so i i was like right (laughs) now i'm having brain i'm like what is my facebook instagram it's it's not is it get fit with me no no your instagram is at hollywood hobo oh that's right yeah so i'm having oh my gosh guys so i have cancer brain and i didn't understand it's chemo brain is what they call it and it's the crazy stuff because i literally will say that and i thought it was right and i changed it like three years ago heather wyatt of wyatt coaching and consulting Uh uh-huh so my instagram is at underscore heather wyatt and uh, i'm coach lee at patterns of possibility on instagram 
and all other social medias. Coolio. I'll tag everybody in the show notes as well. I Thank you, you beautiful people. H dubs. I love it. This has been awesome. Thank you so much for listening in today. As always, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Your ears are ringing because of all the F-bombs dropped and all of the laughter. I'm so grateful to have these conversations and kind of dig through some of the weird stuff in life. Why is this a hot topic? Why is this a fire starter? Because apparently people have very strong and very different opinions about when, where, and how to say sorry. Additionally, gaslighting and the word woke, which we dove in here on, is uh, always a topic that people get a little into about. So, so grateful for my three co-hosts that joined me today. I hope that our conversation sparked some thoughts and ideas in your brain and helps you grow a little bit in your own world and potentially spark a conversation with someone else. As always, the thoughts and opinions that we share today, they're ours. Obviously, guys, do your own research, come to your own conclusions. Don't forget to check the show notes so you can connect with everybody here today. Hit subscribe so you never miss an episode of Diversity on Fire. And until next time, don't forget to check your bias and keep the conversations going.